We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Monday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by Chris Benzine. If you're out there on Twitter, please give Chris a follow at crispy 27 You can follow me at jakeski52. One quick reminder, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher, want to hit pause real quick and go give us a five-star rating or review. It's a huge help. It uh, really helps us get the word out and hopefully share the podcast with other here. Chris, we're going to be talking Monday DFS quarterbacks on FanDuel for the duration of today's show. There's a lot of quarterbacks to choose from. Of course, we've got another full slate before buys come around. But first and foremost, the world wants to know, are you a hard shell or soft shell taco guy? I think I have to go soft shell majority of the time. I, I mm-hmm. do like to have it in that wrap all mixed together. Exactly. I feel like the hard shell, you, you break, and then half the time yeah. you're... You're eating it with a fork, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's what I'd have to say. I the, This hard shell is okay for a little bit, but then once you start eating it, it starts breaking up, and now you're mm-hmm. eating it 
as more chips rather than as an actual taco that you first started with. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm with, I'm with you there, Chris. Uh, big fan of the soft shell. Uh, pre- preference for the corn tortillas for me. And uh, yeah, just overall over hard shell. Unless there's like a Dorito shell or something that can get me to try something different. Uh, then, But I mean, then just go get a bag of Doritos, right? Yeah, I mean, that it basically turns out the same way in the end once right. you start eating it. So yeah. Exactly. So now that the book's closed on that, let's move on to the Monday, uh, Monday night game here. We've got the Eagles and rookie Carson Wentz at the Bears with Smoke and Jay Cutler at the helm. The Bears are minus three favorites over under on that game, 42 and a half. Chances are you played this past weekend's slate of games and are maybe counting on some production from this Monday night game. Or you might be playing the Monday-Thursday slate, where which Thursday night game is going to feature Texans and Brock Osweiler against the Patriots and some sort of Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Grappolo combo. But let's talk about uh, tonight. Say you're going to play the Monday-Thursday game. Anything uh, that jumps out at you matchups-wise? I mean, are you, are you going to play Wentz on the road as a rookie? I mean, as Green Bay Packers supporters and followers, We've seen uh, the limits of Jay Cutler's ability uh, over and over again, and I think uh, Cutler might actually take a step back this year without Adam Gase at the helm. Uh, I mean, any anything about this quarterback matchup intrigue you tonight? The over/under is relative; is, is pretty low, right? Uh, I'm not 100% it's it's forty two sure. and a okay. half for yeah. the Monday night game. So it, Vegas is saying it's not going to be high scoring. If um, say, say just for example, Chris, you're going to play the Monday Thursday slate, and you got to pick between Wentz Cutler. Osweiler and Jacoby Brissett here. Do you have any, any any one matchup that stands out there for you? I feel like the quarterbacks, I'm not going to take Brissett at all. Mm-hmm. I don't trust. I, I do like the fact that he's in Bill Belichick's system. Mm-hmm. Belichick tends to be able to, you know, get get his quarterbacks ready. But it is a very short turnaround this week, too. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going from Sunday to Thursday. He's a guy that hasn't been in the system. He's a rookie. He's in, he's in his first year, and he's wasn't really prepared to take any snaps. He wasn't supposed to. He was only supposed to, you know, back up for a few weeks, for four weeks until Tom Brady's back. But now he's thrown into the the, the den against a Houston defense that's pretty uh, solid. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be willing to go with him on the first week, even at that five thousand. I while well, but see, I'm, actually, I'm looking at the prices now, and he sits at sixty two hundred. So he's okay. not even. It's not like he's he's okay. So week well, the one, Monday, Thursday, I see five thousand. Oh, oh, okay. Jacoby. Yeah, you Monday, might catch him a little Thursday bit cheaper. See, I'm five. I'm looking ahead to the next week Thursday yep. thing. So we're looking at different salaries here. Just clearing that up to our our listeners. If you want Thursday action this week, you can get it with Monday and Thursday slates, or Thursday through next week. But yeah. So if you're going with the Monday Thursday slate, like you said, five thousand. There's yes. some, and if at five thousand, I mean, it could be a decent deal, but the there's a limited amount of players that you can even make up the rest of the salary with. Mm-hmm. You might not be able to even max out the salary if you're to go with Brissett. So it's kind of almost exactly. a pick them at quarterback. Yeah, it limits week, your upside. There's not, yeah. there's not a ton of mm-hmm. high, the highest priced quarterback is Osweiler at 7200, mm-hmm. and you can get a majority of the top players in your lineup even at that price tag with yeah. Osweiler. So it's kind of a pick them, I would say, for yeah. Monday. Yeah, I'd be ready to go with the Osweiler Hopkins combo just because you can. Uh, even though New England defense is stout, I think that game will be a little higher scoring than the Monday night game. And and, and yeah, overall, so if. 5,000 if you do the Monday-Thursday slate, and if you go into the next week's slate that starts with the Thursday game, I mean, Jacoby Rissett at 6,200, that's not even any kind of a price break. I, that's not something that I would necessarily consider in any capacity. If anything, um, okay, so I asked I asked our, our resident Patriots fan, Mike Doria, uh, I mean, Julian Edelman's going to be their emergency quarterback. I believe he played quarterback at Kent State. I asked him for an over-under on how many snaps under center Julian Edelman takes in the Thursday night game. And he basically told me zero. He said, 
said that the Patriots are going to save all their Julian Edelman trick plays for when they actually need it. And week three, he doesn't sound like they actually need it. Now, maybe that's just a confident Patriots fan speaking, but, uh, I mean, essentially Julian Edelman's the emergency quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they may... They may have to turn to him if Brissett were to, you know, miss a play or two, and mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, if if you're down that many quarterbacks, I don't know if they're. I doubt they're bringing anybody in this week. I don't mm-hmm. think they are. I there's got to be. Reports. There's got to be someone coming off the practice squad that they can that may, maybe activate. But then the other thing I've seen, uh, which uh, which Mike Doria kind of relayed to me as well, was uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo might actually be okay enough to be active and used as a backup. Um, if all goes well, he could actually be their backup on Thursday night, and that seems unlikely to me. But if you've got guys like Rappaport and Schefter, Patriots beat writer Mike Reese, also kind of you know, throwing that idea out there. That seems like it's a possibility. So there's a lot of things that could happen on Thursday night, but uh, regardless, probably a quarterback scenario that you want to avoid from a DFS perspective. You just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, unless there's more clarity throughout the week, even even if mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like there's any chance really Garoppolo starts that game. So, I, and I don't trust uh, Brissett enough to be, take him even, at, mm-hmm. especially at that 6,000... 6100 yeah. price tag. Yeah, I mean, Brissett's going to come in and essentially hand the ball off to LeGarrette Blunt 30 or 35 times. That seems to be the New England recipe with their quarterbacks on the shelf, and I see no reason why you'd want to stray away from that, even though Houston might be one of the more challenging <clears throat> defenses that you faced. Of course, with the exception of Arizona week one, I think they're the best yeah. one that they've faced so far. Belichick's going to have to get creative again. Exactly. Well, uh, let's get creative with the top tier of quarterbacks this week, Chris. There are five names that kind of jump out as tier one. I think I'm going to manually eliminate a couple of these as we get going. But starting things off, we've got week two's top fantasy performer, Cam Newton. He's 9,200, gets the Vikings at home. Again, a tough defense. We saw what kind of problems they gave Aaron Rodgers uh, last night, of course. Uh, And then at 9,000, we have Drew Brees uh, back at home versus Atlanta. So that's huge for Brees. Aaron Rodgers actually gets a price increase after after last night. He's up $200 to 8900 He's got the Lions at home. And we've got Russell Wilson, 8700 uh, He's got the 49ers at home, but again, still kind of dealing with that banged-up ankle. And then we have Andrew Luck, 8700 with the Chargers at home. you got to pick one of these five. Uh, anyone stand out to you, Chris? If I'm going to pick one of the five, probably Drew Brees at $9,000. I, I feel like he has the best upside. Atlanta's defense is has given up plenty of yards and through the air. Breeze had a little bit of a down week last week, only threw for one touchdown pass, 263 yards in a game that was supposed to be one of the probably the most highest, the highest scoring on the slate between them and the Giants. It mm-hmm. ended up being a slugfest like 13 to 10 or something along those lines, where it didn't have much in terms of scoring that was expected on both sides of offense. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see the game going back to. Breeze back at home in that dome. He's he's just dominant there. I, mm-hmm. I definitely see a lot of scoring. And the Saints defense isn't going to – I can see the other side, Matty Ice and Julio Jones, assuming he's healthy, mm-hmm. all good to, um, to, to counteract that and keep the game close enough that they still pass, even though the Saints generally are – 
a heavy pass offense for the most part. Mm, exactly. Taking an early look at the week three over and unders, the Saints and the Falcons, uh, checking at the highest, 53.5. That's quite a bit there. Uh, of course, we hope the Saints will get in a little bit of a higher scoring affair than they did with the Giants on Sunday, but that's another conversation to be had. The other one that I want to look at is the Colts and the Chargers. They're 51.5, the second highest over under on the slate. And I think there's a decent amount of profit potential from a guy like Andrew Luck. We saw Philip Rivers and that uh, Chargers offense kind of tear up the Jaguars pretty badly, even without Danny Woodhead, even without Keenan Allen uh, for the rest of the season here. So it looks like that Rivers offense is going to continue to keep rolling. And that Colts defense is simply, it's so bad, Chris. I mean, you take a bad defense already, and then you eliminate their top cover corner in Vontae Davis from that whole deal, then you have an even worse defense. So I think that this game has just enough shootout potential that I might want to get a lineup with luck in it. Also might want to throw T.Y. Hilton in a lineup, especially Dante Moncrief kind of dealing with that shoulder injury. He's going to get an MRI on Monday here, so uh, we'll see the results on that. Check into rotowire.com later in the day here uh, to uh, get get the verified results of those MRIs as soon as they're made available here. But a couple other uh, names in this top tier I want to I wanted discuss. I mean, Cam Newton always has breakout game potential, but the Vikings defense we saw is pretty solid here. I, I mean, are, are we agreeing that it's, we can probably fade Cam Newton and save a couple hundred dollars? Yeah, that's what I'm feeling like. He, he had a good first couple weeks, even against the Denver Broncos, but you are paying top price for mm-hmm. a quarterback, and I feel like when you're paying up that high, there are other options that can exactly. outproduce him, and you want to get the highest production you can from mm-hmm. a quarterback that you're paying up for. Yeah, if you're going to pay up for the highest QB on the slate, you need not only talent, which there's no doubt Cam Newton has a ton of it. He could be one of the top fantasy producers all year, but you want both talent and matchup and this Vikings defense uh especially if they get healthier I mean they were playing they, they played a real tough game Sunday night against the Packers and that was without guys like Xavier Rhodes and uh, a couple other their players you know banged up had to miss some time there so uh if you get this Vikings defense healthier I think they're a top top five defense and they could cause problems for Cam Newton I mean not problems to the point where I mean I think Cam will still throw for 202 touchdowns, but that's not going to hit your value at the top price here. But move down the top tier here, Aaron Rodgers, 8,900. Man, I mean, we're, we're both Packer fans here, but we can honestly admit that he struggled a bit Sunday night. What was your take on that? Yeah, I saw a lot of misconnections. Seemed like the offense a little out of sync and a lot of mm-hmm. even missed throws by Rodgers. Just too, the timing is, is poor. Yeah, it seemed like a, a, there were a lot of things that were off. I expect them to... As Jordy Nelson gets more, he he missed the whole preseason, mm-hmm. so I expect him to get into better shape as the season wears on, and the team in general. I I feel like they'll get better um, and more in sync as the as the season goes on. But as of right now, even against Detroit, whose defense isn't particularly scary, I I still don't know if I would trust him in Week Three, given what I've seen the first even couple weeks. First mm-hmm. week wasn't that good. Second week seemed to dip a little bit more, even mm-hmm. so. I don't know if uh, I would trust him this week, but I may look forward to other weeks, and especially given the the price increase this week. Exactly. Also, yeah, I'm not I'm not going real big on Rodgers this week. What I like to do is uh, one of my favorite one dollar contests on FanDuel is the NFL Squib. It's a single entry contest for one dollar, and I almost always have one homer lineup together every single week because I'm going to make five or six lineups every week, and I got to throw a Rodgers Cobb or a Rodgers Nelson lineup in there. So I'll, I'll use him in a lineup, but it'll be a lineup that I'm risking a dollar on. Essentially, you know, I'm essentially buying a scratch off at the gas station or something like that. But uh, so I'll use him but not very heavily at all. Uh, But down the list, though, the one top-tier guy we haven't talked about is Russell Wilson. 
$8,700, lost to the Rams this week, had fewer yards per attempt than his counterpart, Case Keenum, who would have thought that. I'm pretty much, the way I see it on Wilson, I'm going to fade him until we see that that ankle is closer to 100%. Are you in the same boat? Yeah, I would agree with that. He, I mean, he rushed five times for 14 yards. Neither week so far he's rushed for more than 20 yards, which has been a part of his game in the past that's made him an intriguing quarterback. And when you don't, when you have that limited mobility, I don't think it even even passing the ball, it obviously hurts him a little bit more. I saw some passes batted down. Didn't see him scrambling out of the pocket as much, making as mm-hmm. many throws in that regard. And the fact that he doesn't hasn't really run the ball much this year, thrown for one touchdown pass in the two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, until you see a little bit more from him, you're paying at that at that price range there. I, I still feel like you got to stick away from him. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco, they shut the Rams down week one. Then they gave up a boatload of points to Cam Newton and the Panthers week two. But once again, Russell Wilson, he's someone... There, there's a lot of disadvantages to using him in DFS. One... The primary one being, I don't think his rushing yards are going to be there. But two, if you try to stack him with a receiver, who's it going to be? I mean, Doug Baldwin's another one of those receivers that's going to undergo an MRI on Monday. We'll see what's going on there. And if Baldwin's out, I think the best option is probably to stack him up with Tyler Lockett. But even then, you don't really know. I mean, what Russell Wilson spreads the ball around so much, and that makes it so difficult to uh, stack him with a receiver. I mean, even if it's Jimmy Graham, there's no clear tight end. I mean, even Jermaine Curse got six targets in that game. Baldwin only got six targets. Paul Richardson was targeted six times. I mean, and then then there are four more players, or three more players with four targets. So he spreads the ball around a lot. He's difficult to stack with, and he's not at 100%. So I think it's a good time to fade Russell Wilson overall. Yeah, and it's worth noting, as you mentioned, Doug Baldwin got hurt in that game, and Tyler Lockett actually left the game for a while with a, a knee sprain in the first half and returned to the game. So mm-hmm. there's possibility that that, uh, that, that is limited. Exactly. That some, has an effect on him too. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of pieces in that offense that are not only had they not produced well in the first couple of weeks, but there's a lot of injuries going around that offense right now that definitely mm-hmm. could deter you from using Wilson in exactly. week three. Yeah, I'm right there with you here. But let's move on to that second tier of quarterbacks where uh, there there are usually a lot of good options. Uh, maybe you won't find the top-tier talent in this one, but you might be able to find a couple top-tier matchups, and that's what we're going to try to break down for you today. Starting off, Matt Ryan, 8,500 at New Orleans. Of course, that huge over-under game. I think his ownership's going to be pretty high this week. Then we've got Ben Roethlisberger, 8,400 at Philadelphia. Matthew Stafford, 8,200 at Green Bay. Carson Palmer, 8,200 at Buffalo. Derek Carr, 8,100 at Tennessee. And Phillip Rivers, 8,000 at Indianapolis. So there's a lot of road games on this uh, tier here. That's one of the things that I note right off the bat here. Uh, but overall, Chris, what's your take on this tier? Is there is there a singular option that uh, is really attractive to you, I guess? I'd say there's a couple options. At the top of the board, you have Matt Ryan, 8,500 against New Orleans. Mm-hmm. That game, as we mentioned, is one of the highest over-unders. Both, I like both of the quarterbacks in those two higher over-under games mm-hmm. that we were discussing before. I like Matt Ryan at eighty five hundred, and then I like Philip Rivers at eight thousand going against at Indianapolis, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Assuming if Vontae Davis is out again this week, that secondary again is still full of issues. I believe Antonio Cromartie was signed to them and got hurt this week as well. Had a head to head helmet helmet to helmet hit in that game. Um, mm-hmm. So you have multiple quarterbacks that, uh, but that are defenses that are going against that are rather porous that I could see. Matt Ryan and both both Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers uh, reaching value this week. I think I like Rivers a little bit more because mm-hmm. he's cheaper and yep. even 
and and I could see him being less owned given all the 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 targets that have gone down mm-hmm. the all of his weapons yeah. that have gone Especially, down. Might it's looking like Danny Woodhead might be dealing with a knee sprain, for example. So that's one target in the passing game that may not be there. Of course, we all know what's going on with Keenan Allen. I just think there's a lot to like with Rivers, even using him over a guy like Luck at 8,700. Yeah, you're taking the road quarterback in this matchup. But, I mean, the Chargers, to even be... I think both of these, I mean, the winner of this game is going to have in the 35 to 42 point range, I believe. There's no way that uh, if you score 28 points, I don't think you can expect that to be enough to win in this game. So if that's the case, I would take the, the cheaper quarterback here. Uh, just quick looks at the rest of the uh, tier here, are the guys that we didn't talk about so much. Ben Roethlisberger, 8,400 at Philadelphia. I think I'm going to back off on this one a little bit, especially if he doesn't have Wheaton back. It's another year, or it's another game without Bell. It's the final game without Le'Veon Bell. But the Philadelphia defense, I want to see how they play tonight, and that's going to really dictate my feelings towards Ben Roethlisberger because the Philadelphia defense shut down RG3 and the Browns in week one. But again, you can blame some of that on just the Browns' offensive ineptitude. I think the Philadelphia defense is a defense that's rising a little bit. Uh, so we'll, we'll see on Ben Roethlisberger later on. Matt Stafford, though, is someone I want to consider because 8,200, he goes to Lambeau Field where the weather's not going to be terrible yet. Chances are we'll have another night of clear skies. Uh, and the thing with Matt Stafford is Sam Shields was out Sunday night and he's the Packers' top cover cornerback, and he's had multiple concussions over his time with the Packers, so I wouldn't be overly surprised if this concussion held him out multiple games. If that's the case, do you see any value in using Stafford? I could see it. Morgan Burnett and Micah Hyde also got shaken up in that game. They're both potentially questionable. There's a lot of issues at that secondary. They they had only three healthy cornerbacks dressing for, for last week's game. Mm-hmm. So if if you are without Sam Shields in particular, it it could definitely pay some dividends to go with Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing I would keep in mind is whether or not Shields, because I, I believe if Shields plays, then that secondary has a little more depth. Exactly. But also keep in mind the uh, the, the safeties, because Morgan Burnett is considered one of the better safeties according to uh, looking at the, the... The IDP rankings. Yes, and... and uh, well, I mean, he, he checks in so high on the IDP rankings because he racks up tackles. Again, when we're talking about opposing quarterbacks, we're probably more along the lines to look at uh, just their cover capability. And, of course, Burnett, fully capable of providing help over the top. But, again, that's going to be a situation to monitor as we head into yeah. the week. One thing I saw on the Sunday night coverage that I thought was interesting is they, they listed the pro football focus ranking of each player. Mm-hmm. And based on, like, how well they played, and Morgan Burnett was, like, a top five safety at his position. So, All right, so it's, it's not just the tackles. Then. It's not just the tackles. Overall safety, mm-hmm. he's been really good. But, yeah, just just keep in mind that their secondary is pretty good when they're healthy, but there's a lot of question marks going into that game too, so you may want to check mm-hmm. on some of those defensive bodies. You don't necessarily generally always check on that, but mm-hmm. sometimes when you're, when you're going into matchups, sometimes you need to do so because it's uh, – can definitely have an impact on how well your receivers play. Exactly. And then just just to round up the list, Carson Palmer, 8,200 at Buffalo. That's somewhat attractive, I guess, given what Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to do the, to the Rex Ryan defense here, which is looking very shaky. So I guess, I guess Carson Palmer's in play. And finally, there's Derek Carr, 8,100. He's on the road against Tennessee. And this Tennessee defense has looked pretty good i mean they've held they held the the the, what's thought to be a relatively high-powered lions offense in check this week and then week one i mean they pretty much 
gave up more points to the Vikings' defense than they did the Vikings' offense. So I, I know I think the Vikings maybe scored like 20, 26 points in that game, if I remember correctly. But most of those were scored by the defense here. So uh, again, Tennessee defense a little bit tougher. I'm backing off Derek Carr a little bit this week just because he had good matchups the first two weeks, but the matchup definitely goes downhill this week. Yeah, I would agree with you in that one. I mean, you had New Orleans and Atlanta the first two weeks. So those are two mm-hmm. pretty poor defenses. Yep. And then you are getting a little bit of an upgrade here at the Titans on the road. Yeah. And I, I just would agree with you that at 8,100, there are better quarterbacks in that price mm-hmm. range uh, in terms of value this week. Yeah, essentially you're buying high when two really favorable matchups inflated that price a little bit. So now you're buying high against a tough matchup. Although I, I like Derek Carr and I'm a believer in what he's able to do, uh, the matchup this week just doesn't make him a great DFS play. Well, fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. And this year, it's better than ever. It's not just the new season at FanDuel. It's a new era. They've upgraded their entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans. And they believe you deserve everything sports has to offer, which makes you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the salary cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have a dollar, there are games for a dollar. There are 50-50 contests where the top half wins cash. Or you can settle the score with a friend in FanDuel's brand new Friends Mode. It's season-long fantasy football with weekly teams, plus new features ensure a fair and level playing field for all. Have all the fun that football has to offer. Have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. All right, Chris, uh, let's examine the what I call the third tier of quarterbacks here. It's quarterbacks that lie in the 7,500 to 7,900 price range, and we've got six of them to maybe take a look at. Uh, one of them, Blake Bortles, at home against Baltimore. He's 7,900. Then we go Marcus Mariota, 7,700 uh, at home against Oakland. Eli Manning, 7,700 at home against Washington. Joe Flacco, 7,600 on the road in Jacksonville. Jameis Winston coming off a horrific week two performance, four interceptions. He's 7,600, and although he's at home, he has a tough matchup against the L.A. Rams. Then we've got Andy Dalton with another pretty terrible matchup here, 7,500 against the Broncos. Any options in that tier stand out for you? I feel like if I'm going in that tier... I'm going to have to maybe – I may go with Marcus Mariota in this one mm-hmm. just because the Oakland defense, they got lit up in week one by the by um, the Saints and exactly. Drew Brees, and they're definitely vulnerable to giving up passes. And, mm-hmm. and uh, week two, I believe, was the uh, Atlanta. Yes, they mm-hmm. gave up a lot of points against Atlanta as well. Both games, they've been kind of lit up. In uh, in points allowed, and I can definitely see that being the case again. Mariota hasn't had a, a huge couple of first weeks, mm-hmm. but he does give you on the ground some some potential on the ground, yeah. and he uh, it's almost like Tennessee is hesitant to throw the ball until they're until they need to until they really have to in the game. They want to do run first, but um, Mariota has proven to be capable when his number is called. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he does have two two touchdown passes in each of the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily impressive, but it is you're getting a better matchup this week against a team that we that could score some points too. I mean, they mm-hmm. as we mentioned, we don't really like Carr this week, but he still can put up some points mm-hmm. that uh enough points I feel like that the He's Titans will capable. have to match I mean, it. I think the Titans are going to be able to run the ball and they're going to get a lead, but they're never really going to run away with the lead because Carr is capable of getting them back in the game. 
and therefore I think we'll see the Titans maybe having to continue to mix it up later in the game to keep things going. Uh, one other quarterback from this tier I want to throw out here, I do like Eli Manning a lot at 7,700. Washington has been pretty porous on defense, of course, uh, losing to Dallas this past week and, of course, getting destroyed by the Steelers in Week 1. I think people might back off Manning after he had, what, 12, 13 FanDuel points in Week 2, a pretty weak performance. Uh, so I think people might back off, and I think I, I could see jumping back in on Eli Manning. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. Um, another guy, I, I'm not sold on him, but I could see Joe Flacco having a decent week. He's had mm-hmm. he's had pretty mediocre week one and two, but he does have some weapons. He's mm-hmm. finally he's connecting with uh, Mike Wallace now a little bit. Exactly. And, he, and look, coming into the season, they're the running back area is kind of a mess right now and they do have some guys but they don't really have a like a solid number one running back yeah i mean it looks like four set and west yeah. are going to continue to split those carries, continue until to split the carries but if we're looking at the uh the top guys like in terms of like how good they are i would say four sets in the bottom half of maybe starting running backs in the mm-hmm. league that's fair so you you have a quarterback that does sling the ball around. He threw it forty five times against the Browns, mm-hmm. partially because they got behind twenty nothing in the first quarter mm-hmm. in that game. But um, he's he's a guy that does throw the ball. They're not afraid to do so, and he actually has what seems to developing into a decent receiving core around him. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So uh, say you're going to set your GPP lineup, Chris. You want you're going to enter a big tournament. You're going to try to win some life changing amounts of cash. And if you're going to do that, you kind of got to go away from the chalk a little bit and identify that diamond in the rough. Is are you going with Flacco or another tier three option in your GPPs, or are you looking elsewhere? I'll go down a little bit more. I I'll go with Dak Prescott this week. I feel Ooh. like. For some reason, this could be the week he finally busts out. He has yet to throw, uh, has let to throw a touchdown pass yet this year. But he mm-hmm. was twenty-two of thirty against Washington last week, and he did score on the ground. He ended up with eighteen point two eight points, which is respectable total given the uh, price range. He's at seventy-one hundred this week. It's a little down the list, pretty far down the starting quarterback list this but week. But he gets a sexy matchup, though. and he That's gets a good matchup against the Bears. So you have that secondary, especially if um, if. Their top cornerback, then uh, blanking on the name right now. Hold on, let me. The Bears, check. Kyle Fuller. Yes, Kyle Fuller. That's the name I'm looking for. He's uh, questionable for Monday night, and if he doesn't play, there's mm-hmm. still a chance that he doesn't play next week. It, it seems like there's there might be possibility he's back, but if he's not, he's the, their top cornerback. They're down again this mm-hmm. week, and the, he's got some weapons around him, as such as Des Bryant. He, he seems to have liked Cole Beasley a little bit. He's hitting mm-hmm. him on weekly basis, and. Yeah, Beasley seems like the the secondary option there for targets. Yeah, it it's going to be a Beasley Witten battle here. Yeah, because yeah, Terrence Williams, uh, I think after that bonehead move in Week One, he's going to get his playing time scaled back quite a bit here. Uh, I, I, I like that play a lot. I want to throw out one more here for our listeners. That's Ryan Tannehill going up at home against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he has a home matchup against a terrible defense. He's only seventy four hundred. And, I mean, with that, all that being said, even though Cody Kessler's starting for the Browns here, Cleveland does still have enough weapons that they could make the game competitive enough, at least competitive enough, that Tannehill has to consider throwing still in the second half. You know, the only fear is they're crushing the Browns so bad that they become one-dimensional and run. But, I mean, even the Browns with Isaiah Crowell and, and Corey Coleman, they've got some big play guys that, uh, that could help them put some points on the board and make Tannehill have to continue to throw. So I like that enough. I think Tannehill will parlay his solid late performance into a big fantasy day. If you really want to go a sneaky GPP stack, 
Pair him up with Devontae Parker, who was healthy, and he, he was looking pretty good uh, in their last matchup, especially when they had to go through and, and start throwing the ball a lot. So there's a lot to like there. I mean, uh, just throwing that out there, Devontae Parker, 8 for 106 on 13 targets. He got just as many targets as Jarvis Landry. Of course, Landry, your PPR guy, but I think Devontae Parker might be even a bigger, big play guy now that he's healthy here. So throwing out a, a Tannehill-Parker GPP stack just to uh, give it a shot. And like I said, Tannehill's opponent, Cody Kessler, checks in at a cool $6,000. So we don't generally advise punting quarterbacks, but if you do, I guess Kessler's an option. Or if you want to go with someone like Jacoby Brissett at 6200 But, geez, if you're thinking about that, just go ahead and pay up for Dak Prescott, Chris. I would agree. I mean, you're not going to save enough. I don't think the value of saving that much at a quarterback position mm-hmm. is really, given the quality of potential of some of the quarterbacks at about a thousand more mm-hmm. i feel like you're really dipping a little too far almost at that point so yeah and i mean a thousand is like i don't know maybe going up from Allen robinson to aj green or something like that just to kind of put that number in perspective overall you want to pay up for a quarterback that I could, at the very least can provide you a baseline of 200 yards two touchdowns right yeah, I would agree. That's that's what you're looking for. Exactly. Well, before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Of course, hopefully we'll help you take that 10 bucks and make that grow here. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, of course, uh, we always offer 10-day free trials, and now might be the best time all season to take advantage of a 10-day free trial with all the injuries, all the MRIs, and all the uh, practice reports that we want to keep you updated on. So if you want to do that, just go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial. Uh, once again, uh, thanks for joining me, Chris. You can follow Chris on Twitter at crispy 27 I'm Jake Letarski. You can follow me at jakeski52. And the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast will return Tuesday with myself and John McKechnie.